You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Today's going to be a great podcast. I have an author, I have a founder of multiple companies, and we're going to get into that. I have Joshua Berry with me here today. Joshua, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me here, Sean. Okay, you founded a few companies, Family Box, Smart Matter, which is now Iconic, and we're going to talk about those. But I always like to start with, when did you know you were an entrepreneur or that you <laughs> wanted to be an entrepreneur? I don't think uh, I did. I think somebody eventually told me after I went into my first career, uh, I kept wanting to rewrite my job description about every 18 months or so and notice this itch. And so uh, gratefully, I had a company that allowed me to do that for the first 10 years of life. Uh, and eventually, once I got to one of those end of the cycles was when I made my first leap. I like how you say that because what they did was really smart. <laughs> you know, what, what we tend to do as as owners is, is we want to stifle the entrepreneur. And I say to either fan it and keep that person as long as you can, because you probably have a superstar with you and make the money you're going to make. Number two, partner with them. Mm -hmm. Number three, invest with them. Yep. 100%. 100%. I think it's a rare ability. And when you see somebody who can see the world uh, and all they see is opportunity in front of them instead of risk, uh, it's absolutely a rare combination. Yeah, I, I like that. I I think that we we tend to, you know, we get intimidated by other entrepreneurs in the building. And I want many entrepreneurs in the building. You know, I, I don't need to I, I always say in our meetings, I go, I don't, I don't need to be, I don't need to have the best idea here today. It's not mm -hmm. gonna hurt, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's not a zero sum game, right? I, I, you can make the pie bigger, right? Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about family box and then smart, you know, kind of give me these your initial companies you started and how we ended up with Econic. Sure. Uh, so the first one came from uh, leaving a company, an international consulting company as the head of sales and strategic alliances. Uh, my wife and I put our house up for sale. Uh, fourth kid was on the way and jumped into the first startup idea with a few other guys. Uh, ended up not working out very well. And so I had to figure out how to uh, continue to feed the family. That turned into uh, a career of starting to work with other startup founders. And so that was the first one, Smart Matter was trying to figure out what actually makes startups, especially venture-backed startups, work. Did that for a couple of years. During that time on the side, uh, I'd always done a lot of work in B2B uh, space, but I wanted to learn the business-to-consumer space. And so we started a subscription box business on the side. I continued to grow that for about two years, did it as a great family project, eventually uh, had that licensed out to another group. Um, and then the startup and innovation consulting work uh, eventually became Econic when we started to build a team around that in 2015. Yeah, and that, I mean, you guys work with some pretty big companies here. Uh, yeah, uh, US Bank, John Deere, P&G, uh, and a lot of other regional players, helping them figure out how to evolve the way that they work, especially in the ways of strategy, innovation, and uh, the cultures. All right, what we're gonna do is we are not gonna dumb that down because that would assume that my audience is not the brightest. We're gonna bring it down for me, your host. Take <laughs> everything you just said and I want you to say it in a way that a 12-year-old can understand it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the way people work uh, is outdated. Uh, the way people work assumes that they uh, need managers and leaders and they don't have a creative spark or a creative way of doing things inside of them. We go in and we help change the way that people work so that we can unleash people's ability to be more creative and curious and adapt and uh, continue to grow so that they're serving the people and bringing better stuff into the world. 
now no, there we go. I, I kind of was hoping that was the the end product of that. I, I was pretty confident that it was, but, but I wanted to hear it come from you. So what made you want to write this book, Dare to Be Naive? I was actually researching a different book. And uh, when I started to review the interviews that I had done with successful leaders, I saw a pattern in that a lot of them said, this might sound naive, but and then shared an amazing business idea or practice or story. And I got to thinking, well, why not just be naive? And that began a whole uh, journey into understanding how so many entrepreneurs and other leaders let uh, this mainstream way of thinking or what society tells them is the way to do it, stop them from truly doing the best work of their lives. And so Dare to Be Naive was learning into uh, creating a space for people to challenge those ideas. And, and kind of dig down on being naive. So this person who's daring to be naive is doing what? Sure. Uh, they are not, they're, they're being curious, right? They are being intentional more than anything. They're not just letting, uh, Sean told them they need to go start their business this way. They might listen to Sean. Uh, but then they're intentional in saying, okay, I, I, this is what I want to believe, or this is what I don't want to believe. And here's how I'm going to act on that, even if it may go against what the mainstream might say. I, I, I you know, Brian, Gra I think it's Grazier wrote the book about curious, you know, a, a book on curiosity. And, and, and there's so much validity to that I, because we look at something and, and we think it has to go this total linear direction. Absolutely. And uh, some, somewhere in it, 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 that it that can't work like in our mind we we start going but but why <laughs> I, I think you're exactly right and and the deeper thing that I found in this uh, research was that the word naive actually wasn't a negative word to our ancestors it actually just meant natural or innate or that which was authentic and inside of you from the start and so oftentimes when we have an idea that we're afraid to share with other people especially, for your audience, if it's a new business idea or new way of thinking, and you have other people around you saying, no, 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 but there's something inside of you that's saying, yes, uh, that actually might be a, a more important spark that you need to be listening to. When you look at just nearly every great business, somewhere early on, it sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, just just let's just kind of play this through in our brain, just, just to be fun, the audience. Somebody said, you know what, maybe not a hamburger maybe a chicken sandwich worked out pretty well for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Somebody had the audacity to say that I can deliver a package and or letter anywhere in the world in 24 hours. Think mm -hmm. about the FedEx. Think about that value proposition. How do you like to reverse engineer that C minus business plan that he got? It was like a <laughs> C minus, you know, unbelievable. What, it, what, you know, I love, I always say, what is the, what, the, what if, yeah. what if we could put a package or a letter in someone's hands anywhere in the world in 24 hours. That's yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's very provocative. Uh, one of the stories that I tell in the book uh, was in the 70s. Uh, there was a gentleman who ended up building the largest uh, outdoor uh, gear and climbing company. Uh, at a certain point, he saw what was happening to the environment the, because of the damage that was being done by their climbing equipment. And they decided to cut the most profitable uh, line of business and um, told their customers they were going to be out of that business, all in favor of a new cleaner way of climbing. Uh, the what if in that was saying, how could we have a business, but uh, if it was truly going to go against our values and uh, not live out what we wanted to live, like we don't want to be a part of that. 
Now, eventually, Yvonne Chouinard changed that company's name to Patagonia, and all of us know the success that that uh, company has done. But it, what comes was the idea of being naive or doing something where you're know, just being able to stop a business line, even though it was extremely profitable because you believed in something else that was much deeper, um, is a huge what if. I, I, and they, that's what they, that's what happens. I mean, you look at Amazon, it's crazy, you know, okay, we're going to start with books. It's the biggest product line of any, nothing has more product lines than books, simply mm -hmm. put, there's more of that one single product than anything in the world. But deep down somewhere in the back of the mind, not telling everybody, hey, guess what? If we can pull off books, we can pull off anything. Yeah. Like we're going to beta test with the hardest thing in the world. And by chance, if it works, you know, look what we have. You know, look, <laughs> look what, what else we, we can now. do. And yeah. if not, you've built in the agility within your team to be able to figure out whatever that next thing is, right? There's so much of that, knowing how to adapt instead of whatever the next thing is that somebody's telling you to adopt, uh, that, that ends up helping you have a sustainable long-run business. So tell me, Josh, I have Joshua Berry with me. He's the author of the book, Dare to be Naive. Tell my young entrepreneur audience, because I do believe some of them are, or maybe some veteran entrepreneurs that need to start thinking, thinking the way they should naive need to think, what if give some, some helpful advice on, on how they can change their current way of thinking. Sure. Uh, I'll share with your listeners, uh, Sean, something that impressed upon me. And it was just four simple questions that uh, when I ran into a limiting belief, right. Uh, and I'll even take one from a previous episode of yours, which is uh, you're either green and growing or you're brown and dying. You have to be growing all the time. Cool. That may be true, uh, but pause and at least take a moment to uh, run it through these four questions. Where did you learn that? And the answer may be from Sean's podcast, right? Is it absolutely true? And what do you gain from holding that belief? And what do you lose from holding that belief? Uh, all beliefs bisect the world in a way that uh, is helpful and also causes some losses. But being able to be intentional and bringing some of those things into your conscious mind instead of just letting it be unconscious and you know, be called fate, as Carl Jung would say, uh, is absolutely a way that you can make sure that you're not just going along with the masses uh, and that you're actually living into what your authentic self could be. And that may turn into a successful entrepreneurial business for you. I love just, you know, and it's, you know, a phrase we used to use years ago is thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we you know, everybody's going to do it this way, but then there's a way to do it that way. And, and one of the things I, I always thought about it, like, okay, if I, if there was no limitations, what would be the perfect product or what would this service company look like if it was perfect? Yeah, it, it may not be feasible. I mean, there's some things that may not like maybe like getting a package to somebody in under six hours may not be feasible. Maybe it's 24 hours. Maybe it, we get the idea. But when you really start taking off the limitations and start going, okay, what what could we do? What what are all our options here? What, what have people tried or not tried? got close to, but didn't get it there. You know, like you think of Tesla, like there's nothing earth shattering about what they've done in that there was electric cars before Tesla. Sure. Just, just so people know that. <laughs> okay. But, but what they did differently than everybody is, is they go, okay, why don't we make a car that actually looks decent? I mean, everybody was tired of like the Volt and the the Prius, you know, it was kind of like, a, yeah. oh, yeah. so, so <laughs> it just made you look so like, 
less masculine, you know, like you can't say that anymore, but you just didn't quite, you know, you didn't pull up to the softball game with the, but with the buddies, you know, you know, and those cars, they just were. And then you have the Tesla and you look at the, like the, the SUV Tesla right now, it's, it looks like something out of like Mad Max, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the Mel Gibson movies, but they just said, why do they have to be slow? You know, why do they have to look economical? Why can't they look like a sports car? Yeah. You know, why can't they just reinventing it? Yeah. And you nailed one of the principles that we've seen for successful venture backed startups all the way to corporate innovators. And that's sure you have to see if things are going to be viable, if it's actually going to pencil out on paper. But you typically need to start with what is desirable and what people or customers actually need or want and being able to be empathetic to what those needs are validate that go figure that stuff out and then you can back into later viability of an idea I, I love it this has been a great interview i have joshua berry with me as i've said he is the author of dare to be naive joshua i want you to if you could give my entrepreneurial audience just one great piece of advice what's your one two your your one piece of go-to uh, entrepreneurial advice you like to share with people i would say it, it takes courage to be able to continue to pick yourself up day in and day out and realize that oftentimes when you're falling, uh, if you're intentional, you could keep falling forward. Uh, I, I've definitely failed way more times than I've actually succeeded. Uh, but being able to fail forward is a key to your success. Yeah, no, I I I I, I agree with that concept. I've I've said this on the show a million times. I because I had a thing that happened this morning when one of my staff was telling me something that they felt like they failed at. And I said, "Okay, are you going to do it again?" They're like, "No." What did you learn? I go, "Okay, you just got critical data for our company, and you were just the one who experienced it." Mm -hmm. I said, well, okay. that's, "Yeah, that's we're good. good. We're good. You, here's yep. the data." We're gonna, we needed to find that out anyway. It's yeah. not going to be repeated. So let's move on. And, and that's what that's what failure is. All failure is, is, okay, something didn't work the way I thought it might. So what would be the better way of doing it? What would I not do again? It, it, it's data. That, that's all it is. And it's yeah. all, I always say it's data that's expensive <laughs> and or emotional. But I think for, for so long in school and especially early work, we're taught that you have to do things the right way and that there is a right answer to the test or whatever it might be. And so therefore you don't get rewarded uh, for that failing. So a lot of what I see our work at Econic being is helping create work cultures that brings back into those natural tendencies that people already have to want to learn and to try and, and create safe spaces for people to practice those behaviors. Yeah, because we can do we can do 10 episodes on extraordinary products that started out as failures. <laughs> you know, the, the, the list of them is absolutely endless. I, uh, how can my audience connect with you, Joshua, and obviously get your book? Sure. Uh, you can check out the website. It's daretobenaive.com. You can also find me on most active on LinkedIn uh, under Joshua Berry. Okay. Audience, I want to thank you so much. I'm humbled that you continue to listen to podcasts. You tell others about it. Um, I'm recording this. It's February 27th. So this will probably go out in March. But, you know, as of this morning, it was the number one podcast in the United States. It was the seventh biggest business podcast. It's funny because it's like between Andy Frisella and Ed Milet, two people that I you know, that I, and I, I think a lot of, so podcast continues to, to do well because you tell others about it. And I want to thank you for that podcast is brought to you by getstartedmarketing.com. If you need a turnkey method 
of having better marketing than what you currently have. Simply put, your competition beats you in every Google search. Okay. Your website's not that great. You're not attracting good leads, quality target customers. I would encourage you to look at their tar their turnkey system. Reach out to getstartedmarketing.com. With that said, we will talk again real soon.